an introduction. <laughs> there are, uh, firstly, thank you guys for having me. You're an incredible family who I've grown to love within seconds um, from meeting you the first time until where we are right now. And I'm wrecked for the rest of my life after this morning. Um, there are a few moments in my life that I knew that God was in that moment and what God aligned in that. Um, and I think, you know, when you, when you live in Cape Town, <laughs> uh, you get sometimes used to the mountains and the ocean and the beauty of what that is. And so you take it for granted because you just drive past it every single day. Um, and, <laughs> and the vineyards and the beauty. <laughs> so you get used to it. Um, I want to tell you today, do not get used to what you're experiencing here every single Sunday. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it is incredible. It is revival. You're standing in like, you're, I'm going to try and stay focused because I'm, I'm just lost right now still. Um, there's been a few moments in my life where I've stepped into a revival. I've stepped into places where I've seen God show up in incredible ways. I've been around great men and women of God. And, and this morning was a moment that I felt destinies align. I felt God bring things about that you do not just look at what this, this room is with the geese are in. Get ready for what God's about to do in a way that you will not recognize this church in a year or two from now. I, I, don't, even, I don't want to put dates to it. I just know what God's doing in this church, what He's doing in this family is incredible. Um, and we're just gonna, I'm just going to stand amazed at what that is. Um, I remember, um, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of uh, Mama Charlotte, Charlotte Cronk. Has anyone ever heard of her? She was an incredible prophet that um, ministered across this nation. And uh, it was one late Sunday night in the middle of winter in Cape Town without heaters uh, that she showed up at our church and she ministered there. And so everybody's called. And I walked into the room into a moment like this. And I sat down. She got up and she looked at me and she said, when I was 16 years old, sitting on my bed, God showed me you, young man. And this moment is in alignment with what God just showed. And, uh, and I, that moment I'll never forget because I realized in that moment God had done something. And this morning, sitting in this church, I felt what I've been feeling for years just in a moment explode. And I want to tell you, get ready for what God's doing in this church and through this church into nations, but what God's about to do in your life. Because you're in a presence where God's doing things. You're not just in a church that's looking for something. And I'm not building this up for them or for any of that. I know when God's doing something. Um, I've grown up in ministry. I've seen, seen a lot, been around a lot. But I want to tell you that God's doing something here. God's doing something here. Um, and that's extremely special. So, would you grab your Bible? And say, this is God's Word. It is real. It is powerful. It's about to change my life. <laughs> Wave it around, you know, say it, and get the devil nervous. Because <laughs> if you get what's in it and you get what God's saying, it will change your world and it will break the yoke. It will turn things upside down. Um, so turn with me to Acts 17. So in 2019, um, 
I was uh, traveling through a bunch of nations, and God was doing incredible things, and I ended up in Athens, and um, we went on this tour, and I was just, I, just, I love history, and I love what it is, and, and uh, just it's just beautiful, beautiful place, so much history, um, and we walked up to Mars Hill, uh, where Paul was speaking, and he was giving this whole thing, and as you, first we went through the Colosseum, we went there, and we looked at what that was, and everything that that is, and, um, and we so, and they were just speaking about all these different gods and all these idols. And everything. And like, the background that I had growing up was you've got to be scared of everything that's the devil. You come from any of that stuff, oh, that thing's of the devil. Don't allow that in your house. Spider-Man, web spirit's going to get you. Uh, you know, all these things, just like, be scared. Come on, be scared. Anything Chinese, Japanese, anything from Asia, oh, it's got that Asian spirit's about to hit you. Um, you're just so scared of everything that was there. That little drum that came out of Africa. You know, there's some African spirit that comes on that drum. Now we've got to burn the drum. And if the drum doesn't burn, you see, evil. <laughs> so like all these idol things. Oh, did you go there? Wow, that's just evil. That's just bad. And, I, and, and now I'd, I kind of had an idea of what God's doing in this generation, in this time. I never knew what was God about to release in my life on, that, on Mars Hill. So we walk onto this just piece of rock. And in the background is the epicenter at that stage of idol worship. It is the, the headquarters of evil. It is demonic at its full capacity. And Paul is standing there, caught up into Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, and preaches to people about Jesus. He's not once moved by what he sees, he feels, or what they are focused on. You see, he's operating at a different level. He's not in the natural. He's in the spirit. And he reveals this. Um, let's just jump in here. Um, uh, read, let's read from verse 24. I think that's where we want to be. Um, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of, of the heaven and the earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives us all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation, every man. And it goes on to preach here, verse 27, so, you should not seek the, so that they should not seek the Lord in the hope that they might um, grow for him and find him through, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as though some of your prophets have said, he, for we are also his offspring. Paul breaks something down, and that scripture hit me because I understood that God was speaking to me. And what I'm sharing today is so fresh in my heart. It's been only the last couple of years. God's been stirring this about what we live on from the natural, what we look, what we touch, what we feel. How do we approach the things versus that of, that of, of the spirit? And Paul talks about in him we live and move and have our being. Now, for the understanding, that's not just showing up on a Sunday morning. That's not just a quickly pop in for a prayer session and just kind of accessing something supernatural and then leaving back to my natural. It's not just that once of prayer that I'm quickly in the morning going to my quiet time. I get a scripture and it's kind of like there and then I go back to the normal thing. Even in worship, we have these moments, these encounters with God and the first thing we do when we have the encounter, is we turn away from that and now say, how am I going to live this out? When the trueness is just the encounter. Because in Him we live and move and have our being. 
And I find myself that these constant moments, I've had these encounters with Jesus, and I'm having it. And you know what happens? I start thinking about, okay, so when I get to church, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to start acting that in church. Now we're going to do this outreach there, and I start planning in the presence of God. I'm busy with my week. I'm not in Him. I'm not focused on Him. I'm, not I'm already planning. And even in this morning, this powerful morning, like halfway through the worship, God's stirring so much because, I mean, this house is just filled with, with what God's doing. And I'm already like, okay, Lord, when I go back, I'm going to do this. And this is going to happen there. And like, God, this is fantastic. And these guys, we're not going to work for three weeks. We're just going to soak in your presence. And God's like, whoa, I'm here. This is now. Forget about Monday. Forget about Tuesday. This is now. This is the moment. This is the most real moment you can be in. And I've quoted that so many times, but I find myself going out of it into the natural instead of being caught up in the Spirit. Because that face-to-face encounter, that godly moment that draws me in is where it's just like, shut up, Sean. Look at me. Stop thinking. You know, David writes, I've, I think it's Psalm 132 or 133. He says, I've stilled and quieted my soul. I've quieted my soul. Just like, shut up. Shut up. Stop speaking. I'm with Jesus right now. All I want is you. And then we, we kind of drift away from it. We just come back to it. But what the Spirit is, is not of the natural. It's not the same thing. And it works differently because we, we have the Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 when it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. But yet Psalm 34 says, taste and see. You see, God doesn't work the way. It's like, how can I eat them? My eyes are open. <laughs> like, how's it? It's not, it's not taste and taste. <laughs> it's just taste and see. Then we get this profound moment where Jesus is in, and the devil's confronting him about his sonship. And, and uh, he says to him the following, uh, Matthew 4, he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So my... Wow, this is natural. I love bread, man. I just, I really do. I've got to be honest. Nice warm bread. We do it like we bake bread in our coffee shop. It's just the first that thing comes out. You break it open. You put that butter on it. You put that cheese in it. It's melting. Like, it's amazing, right? It's like, okay, I'm already hungry. It's phenomenal. You know what that smell does to you? The smell and the fragrance of the bread brings about something in you that wants to be, that wants to be fed. You want to eat it. You, you're, you're sitting here right now, and, the, and you're just hearing me talk about it. Something is stirred in you, right? But he says that man shall not live by bread alone. That means your life sustenance, who you are, what this life is, is from the Spirit. You know, when John writes, and he starts going into in John 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was what God. He goes to the spiritual to explain everything that was about to be lived. Everything from that place. So we walk by faith, but we taste and see, <laughs> and we live by the Spirit. You see, it's, it's opposites. It's things that don't, it's not understood. It's not the way we think it's supposed to be, and we live in this place. And go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me read this. Verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says the following. However, we speak a wisdom amongst those who are mature. 
Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of the age, for they are coming to nothing. Well, we speak a wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the ages for our glory. For our glory. It's interesting that there's a glory that needs to be revealed through us that's not just not based on His glory, but our glory. There's a wisdom that was hidden. There's a mystery. There's a maturity that needs to come up. There's a place where we cannot stay in diapers, where we cannot stay just basic milky. You've got to mature. There's a place we've got to move to. Hebrews is so interesting when he says, come on, let's, let's move on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance, healing, raising the dead. The elementary teachings. <laughs> oh, elementary is raising the dead. I've tried that. <laughs> I've, you know, we always like, yeah, Lord, I'm going to raise the dead. Come on, it's on fire. Sunday morning, powerful moment like this morning. Got to go out there. I sit in the coffee shop. Phenomenal one. I looked inside. There's a guy lying in the, in the bookstore, and he's blue. And I realized, that guy's dead. <laughs> it really happened. And then I looked at my pants and said, stop shaking. And I, I kind of like, Lord, do I go? Don't I go? Like, this guy just died. And God, I've walked, and they were just dropping the gate. So now, now I'm ready. Okay, but now the gates are closing. So I said to the ma'am, ma'am, can I please, or the lady, ma'am, can I please pray for that guy there? And she says, sure. And I said, but raise the gate. And she says, no, 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 you can pray from afar. And I'm like, no, no, I need to touch him. Says, no, you can't. You see, the, in that moment, we, we did pray. We got a few guys going, we prayed for him. Didn't get to him. They, they didn't want us to touch him. Uh, didn't work. Still elementary. In a hospital, a girl in a car accident, one's okay, one died. We asked, can we go into the body? They allowed us, we go, we pray for an hour, nothing happened. Still elementary. But somewhere there will be a day where we're going to lay our hands on the dead and they will rise. You know, when we talk about resurrection, it's kind of like a weird thing. We don't get to that. Um, I like also changed my will. If I'm dead, I'm giving you three days to raise me. I really did go and put that in my will. Do not do anything for three days. Nothing will happen. My church will pray for me. And they need to practice. If I don't come back, at least they got practice. <laughs> I seriously did change it. This is no jokes. <laughs> because there's something about that. It says we're living in a different realm. We cannot be conformed to this world. We cannot operate. He says, taste and see my... There's something about eating, something about what the spiritual is that's going to open our eyes to see a different way, act a different way, a maturity to come that's of a different thing. In Him we live and move and have our being. You see, the Israelites are in Egypt and they're in slavery for 430 years. That's generations of slaves. Generations of slaves. It's just been through it all. They, they, all they know is slavery. And so go through this whole thing, and God sends a man to release them, to come on, let's move, let's go. He shows up in supernatural ways. We all know the stories. It isn't just little nice kid stories. It's not just nice little uh, children's church stuff. This is powerful stuff, and it gets to a place where blood is smeared on doorposts, representing Christ, we know that. But blood is smeared on doorposts, and death could not enter where God was. Look, we talk about the Passover. Death passed over where blood was smeared. Yay, 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 yay. They see that. 
they experience that, they leave. And when they leave, God says to them, go to the Egyptians and take all their wealth. And in one moment, all the wealth is taken from Egypt. Then you get to, like this isn't, God's not done yet showing how spectacular he is. They get to this, see, Moses sticks out his, like, his rod, his staff, and it opens. They walk through it, they get to the other side, what happens? Everybody that they stole from, took from, <laughs> all the Egyptians are killed, all these guys, all this, the entire army, it's all the debts paid, <laughs> nothing else anymore. They leave with that. God shows up in every supernatural way. Then they get to the mountain. They get to this place. Moses goes up. Moses comes down. He says, God wants to meet with you. And they say the following. You go up and you spend time with God. Then you come down and you tell us. And whatever he wants, we'll do. Does that not sound like the church up to today? Does that not sound like religion? Does that not sound like we're not willing to speak with him? We're not willing to hear from him. Pastor, you go. You spend all the time. You get the word, and we'll just do whatever you tell us to do. But the truth is we ain't going to do anything you're going to tell us to do because we've got our own idea. Moses stays too long. The word takes too long. The prophetic takes too long. God does not show up to them because they sent Moses. He takes too long. What do they do? They take the very thing that God gave them, made an idol. The very thing. Now, it's interesting. When we read in Revelation, I think it's Revelation 11, it says that Christ was crucified in the spiritual Egypt and Sodom. That meant that Israel had never left Egypt. Their heart was still there. They'd never left what they'd come from. They'd never left slavery. They'd never left that place. They had seen God show up day after day after day seen the miraculous, seen the supernatural, seen what God is doing, but yet in their heart, they're still in Egypt. Yet in their heart, they never left slavery. Yet in their heart, they were still there. When we read Revelation, how this is revealed constantly, what are they? They've never left it. They were still stuck in that place. Who was their God? Egypt was their God. Wealth was their God. Never, never God. Never what God was wanted to give them. Never who it was from a spirit. And I've seen throughout my entire ministry and growing up, that's where church is at so many times. God blesses us. God shows up. God does supernatural thing. Revival comes. People are changed. We feel it, but our hearts are not cut to the core. It's not moved with what it is. We're not living in Him, moving in Him, and finding our being in Him. It's just a quick night. It's nice because it touches something. It gives me for this moment. But if He takes too long, if he doesn't show up in it, if the dead is not raised immediately, if the prophetic doesn't come through immediately, if the drive-through gospel is not happening instantaneously, if I have to go just park for a little bit at the drive-through, I don't know if that happens yet. It happens in Cape Town. There's no drive-through. Sarah, just park there. We'll come to you later. If that takes too long, we just let go. Got a word over the church. We've got a word for nations. We've got a word for this. Like, oh, it's taking too long. It doesn't fit me. It doesn't, like, it, I, they, they're singing too long today. I know it's not in this church. It happens at our church. They're going too crazy today. They're asking too much of me. In Him we live and move and have our being. Now, this is where I'm going with this today, is Hebrews, let's, maybe we can read it. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 
Hebrews 11. See, what I found is that God is releasing something spiritually. He's taking something to a spiritual where we're not seeing the spiritual. We're looking at the natural, myself included. You find these moments where you're drawn into the natural. You find the natural application of it, the natural things that we're busy with and the daily life and what that is when he's doing things that are far greater, far deeper in the spirit, but we're not seeing it, we're not acting upon it. And we've gone from generation to generation to generation because here's the interesting thing, going back to the Egypt story, is that you find that these guys get to the promised land. The promise is right in front of them. And 10 of them, of the spies, say, we only see the guys carrying the grapes. We're not seeing the promise. Two of them see the grapes, and they see the promise. Two of them go, that is exactly what God said. That is exactly what it's going to be. We're not seeing giants. We're seeing the grapes. And so many people are like, all this is the, the package it comes in. The, the way it's, what are we going to have to do to get there? They, they see the walls of Jericho, and they don't see the, the outcome of what that is. No wonder God kept them quiet and said, just walk. You frustrated me, just walk. <laughs> it's like, just let's stop with this nonsense. You're just talking way too much. I, I definitely, my God says, shut up. I don't know about yours, but you're like, just shut up. <laughs> Boy, shut up, just walk. <laughs> but they're not seeing what God's saying. And I believe that what I'm about to read you is something that God's been putting in my heart and been stirring with me. Verse 1, we know this. Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testament. And then it goes on to talk about all these things. But when we find that when we read this, we find, this verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed, when he called to go out to the place which he received an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, and the heirs, uh, the heirs with him of the same promise. For they waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This is what we just read. This is random scripture in the middle of this piece of faith. And everything, when we start, it says, by faith, they looked for something they'd hoped for, or, but they, they gave substance by faith to something hoped for. Let's read it again, because I want to get it to. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It said, by this way, they obtained a good testimony, but they never received the promise. They had good testimonies, Stick with me. But never had the promise. You know what we've done in the New Testament? We're all still looking for testimonies. So we've applied our faith to something that's good, but it's not the fullness of what faith was meant for. So we have, to, we have these, these faith moments. I'll use this as an example. I've seen this so many times in church throughout all the years. We have faith for this bottle. We name it, and we claim it, and we speak on it, and we believe for it. God, Monday morning, this bottle is going to be there. And then we wake up Monday morning, there's no bottle. Then, Lord, no, it will be Tuesday. Our faith will Tuesday. Tuesday, this thing's going to come through. This business deal is going to happen. This job, I'm going to get it. And we get on to Tuesday morning, and it's not there. So now my faith's a little weaker. I pray for against that sickness or that thing, and by 
Whit Thursday, it's not there. Now my faith's a little lower. I'm looking for a testimony. Testimonies are powerful. But now what we've done is we've put our faith in a thing. We're applying our faith to things for testimonies instead of putting our faith in God. So this thing may break because if my faith's in this thing, it will run out, it will end, it will break, it won't be there. It's something that can change. But my faith is in Him. It never changes. It never changes. It never moves. There's a foundation in it. There's a city on a hill. There's something about that that's different. That's not based on whether we get the money or don't have the money. Because now people believe, well, if, I'm, if I have a lot of money, I'm really blessed. Huh? What about the guy living in India? On a slab of concrete. It's the fourth generation that's lived on that piece of concrete. They're not blessed. You see, we've applied something from a natural instead of the spiritual. <laughs> We're living in what we can see. And the church have been basing their entire walk on testimonies for natural things instead of a faith of the things not seen yet. Come on. That's, now, if we go into the context of what this, the city is, we know that we are called the city on a hill. We're the light of the world, the city on a hill. You go to Revelation 21, you see that John is experiencing the city coming down. He says it's a profound city. It's height, it's depth, it's breadth. Every bit of what it is, it's this perfect cube who descends and lands on a hill. And it's the light unto the world. He says it's the bride now, now descending. It's not talking about heaven. Sorry. I've got nothing against heaven. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I believe in heaven. I believe in eternal. But we've also gone in this way where heaven has become an end result instead of eternity right now. We're, not, we're, not, we're living again from a natural point of view. It's like me moving to Cape Town. To heaven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> but but it's, that, it's, that, it's that place. We, we're looking for a place. We're in the same spot as what these guys are in 11. We're waiting for a city. When you are the city. We went in for a place. They were waiting for this thing of a promise of a city where the foundations were built by God. So Jesus comes to them and says, guys, I've got to go. I've got to go prepare a place for you. And they're like, uh, Lord, we, what is that? Where are you going? And forever it was preached where I come from, and I don't want to shake too much up this morning, but it was preached that God, that Jesus right now is building my mansion in heaven, and he's, and he's building out. Mine's got a Coke machine. It's going to never affect me. It's wonderful. And it's got to <laughs> never, never, ever, ever affect me. It's got its own wave pool. I can surf all day long the most perfect barrels. It's just phenomenal. It's just great. And we're thinking that Jesus is building right now. I'm so sorry. He's not building. It's done. It is finished. What, what place did he go and prepare for us? He pre prepared a place in God. For us. He prepared. He says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have come. I would not have gone. He says, I'm coming back to receive you to me. What did he do? He did come back. He stepped out of the grave. And then he released something that we do not live by <laughs> so many times. What's that? The Holy Spirit breathed it upon us, gave us the promise that they were waiting for. 
You see, let's go to Colossians 3 quickly. Hmm. We're picking up momentum now. We're getting there. You see now, am I believing in heaven? Yes. I believe there is a place in God. I believe there's an eternal. I believe all of what that is. But Matthew chapter 6 says, as in heaven, so on earth. There's an equilibrium of what heaven looks like compared to what natural looks like that needs to happen. God's not coming to back, stepping into something that does not look where he's stepping from. Hmm. See, we're waiting for God to come back to a place that's falling apart, that's going crazy. But it says that his glory will go on all flesh. Manifestation of all his power. His bride at the fullness of what is. Nobody gets married to somebody who's inferior to them, who does not look them eye to eye. He's not coming back to an immature little bride of this 12-year-old little girl that's coming to marry a man. His bride is maturing into a face-to-face, eye-to-eye, matured one of the same stature, of the same glory as him. That's what happened with the bride. But the bride has been all, a whole faith system is on natural things. It's on what I'm driving, where I'm living, what I'm having, what I'm dressed in. God's not interested in that junk. Does he want that to have that? Yes, he wants you to be blessed. But to be a blessing. When everything's about that, when faith was never designed to be that. How did you get saved? By faith, right? You believe God, you confessed it, and what happened? You went from darkness to a kingdom. Wow, wow, wow. I just want to tell you, you did not just move there. You were born into it. You were born into a kingdom. You didn't just like moving to another town, another city, another country. I didn't just move into the kingdom. I was birthed into it. That's dead. I was birthed into it. I was birthed into the right, birthed into maturity, birthed into eternal, birthed into the spirit. How did it happen? By faith. So now by faith, I've got to see something that I don't see yet. This is where I want to go with this. I don't yet see the fullness of God in me. I don't yet see the maturity, but I see Jesus, the author and finisher of Ah, faith. You're the son of God. You're my son in whom I'm well pleased. And what happens? 40 days he meditates on something he already knew. 40 days he goes in to a place of renewing his mind. See, we've spoken about renewed mind also in natural senses. We've spoken about renewed mind, about how you do business. And that's all good stuff, but we're using it as a, a, a for not for what it was fully meant for. I'm changed by the renewing of my mind. Changed into what? Okay, let's read Colossians 3. Verse 1. If you were raised with Christ, seek the things which are above. What is he talking about? Spiritual mindset. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, if you want to write there next to it, you put in there Ephesians chapter 2. Where are you seated? On the right hand of God, in heavenly places. Okay? So he says, yeah, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. You're changed by the renewing of your mind. Set your mind on things above. Where are you seated? In Christ, in heavenly places. When Christ, 
who is our life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. That gives a whole new meaning to the returning of Christ. When Christ, who is my life, appears, I'll appear with him in glory. Now there's, okay, keep your finger there. Jump with me to 1 John 3. One John three, verse one: Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, we are, are um, now we are children of God, and it is come on, man, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Go back to Colossians 3. <laughs> Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For if you died, your life is hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, will appear with him in glory. It is not yet being revealed what we shall be, 1 John chapter 3. But when we see him, we'll be like him. 2 Corinthians 3.18. As we behold in a mirror the glory of we are transformed into the same image. Okay, here it comes. Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. So Jesus prays in we're going to Ephesians 3. We're sticking with the threes today. Jesus is in, uh, in John 17. What does he pray? He's, Lord, let them be one with us. As much as you are in me and I am in you, we are in them and they are in us. I don't think as church we've totally understood what that truly means. Because that only by faith do I access what that position is. Says Lord, as much how part was God of Jesus and Jesus of God? How connected were they? How one were they? He says, Now I've opened the door, I've prepared a place. In my Father, I'll receive you to me in him. Now listen to this. I'm going to read you from 3 verse 14, Ephesians 3:14. For this reason I now. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that we would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. Do you hear all this is spiritual? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. So how am I going to get this? Being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with the saints that is the width and the length and the depth and the height. Now, some of the other translations has an and there because it's two different pieces. Some of you might not have that here. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So for today, just stick with me with this. He's talking about two different things here. He says that you may be able to comprehend the cube. 
and the love of Christ and be filled with the fullness. What is he talking about here? We just read, we didn't read, I quoted it, Revelation 21. How did they measure the new Jerusalem, the, the, the city? How was the city measured? Height, depth, breadth. I want to put something forward a little bit here. I hope I'm not going to stir too much. But God is not three parts anymore. Aren't you in God? Aren't you part of God? Didn't Jesus pray in John 17? Am I saying you the God? No, 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 don't get me wrong. But there's something by faith that we need to understand. We've been placed into Christ who is in God, seated in heavenly places. So by faith, there's an understanding of what that is to be filled with the fullness of who God is. Not one day, not a million years from now, today. Truly understand. Now we read Revelation, um, sorry, Romans 8, 19, the manifestation of the sons of God. And we're waiting for something to hit us that has already happened to us. You're already a child of God. You're already seated in heavenly places. You're already in God, and God is already in you. The same spirit that rose Christ from there dwells in you. It's the same spirit in him. Am I stirring a little bit? I don't understand completely what I will be. But I know when I see him, I will be like him. I set my mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Because the things of the earth will pass, right? But when Christ appears, I'll appear with him. Oh, when Christ appears, where's the appearing? The appearing happens from here. Because what is world, the world waiting for? The world's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. For the appearing of the sons of God, the manifestation of His glory through us and in us into the earth. When His glory, this morning going into worship, I could feel there's something pushing through into the natural from the Spirit. But it cannot just happen in a, in a worship service. It needs to happen in my daily life. When I'm stepping out into the shopping center, something of His glory starts to manifest. Not on the basis of my faith on a natural thing, but from the very fact that in Him I live and move and have my being. In Him I live and move and have my being. See, I I've stopped. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But I've stopped at a place where I said, Lord, I'm not just going to have faith for the money, for the building, or the money, for that thing, or that trip, or that stuff. Lord, you sort that out. I'm talking to you now. I'm with you. I'm focused on you. I'm not having just faith for that building. I'm not having faith for that trip. I'm not having faith for that, that person to get healed. He said they're healed. Be healed. Oof. See, faith is moving me from the natural to the supernatural. Faith is taking me. See, I, what does he say? You're changed by the renewing of my mind. The renewed mindset is not just getting me to do some natural stuff. It's moving me from the place where I understand I'm in him and he's in me. I've not seen it yet. I don't know what we will be. But when we see him, we'll be like him. When I see him, Lord, I see you for who you are. Because everything else has been stripped. Unveiled. You read it this morning. Unveiled face. There's nothing. There's, there's no more law. There's no more religion. There's no more natural. I'm not moved by the things. The guys come to Jesus. He's just done a miracle. John 6. He fed thousands of people. They follow him. He says, why do you follow me? For the food? Because <laughs> your bellies? I'm the bread of life. 
eat me. Mm. So much of my walk has been based on just getting the bread. What, do you, what is God giving me right now that I can just be filled? It's nice. It's just bread. What, the next service, just need some bread. Is my life sorted? Oh, Lord, I've got this big problem. My contract's not coming through. Things are not happening. Lord, help now. Scratch and win. It's like, yes, I got it. This time it works. It's breakthrough. And so I'm like, no, 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 come closer, man. That's not, that's natural stuff. It's natural. Just get rid of it. Get more into me. Understand more of me. So, listen, I believe some people are just going to stop being hungry. I've not got anything against food, but it's just not the natural drive for the things anymore. It's like, Okay, it's just like, we lost you. It's three, four days lost. I don't know. I'm just caught up in the, I'm just caught up with Jesus. I just, something's just happening to me. Things are just, things are just coming. How much money? I don't even know what the money, where it's happened. I don't, I just don't know. It's just Jesus. It's just God. It's just who that is. It's just glory, glory, glory. And it starts to flow. It starts, we start to push through. And heaven starts to push back. And suddenly we have this dance between eter- the eternity and the natural. And natural starts breaking. Natural starts shaking. Why? Because something's pushed through. Because we've drawn on heaven. I set our mind on things above. I said, come on, that's through. That's where I'm seated. I don't relate to it from a natural. Sorry if I'm shouting a little bit, man. Because something about that is just, there's something more. There's more to this moment. There's more to what we do in church. It's not just about having a little bit of goosebumps. It's the glory of God. It's His glory through me. I'm tired of people dying of diseases and sicknesses and things that are just happening. Cancer, I'm sick and tired of cancer. I'm tired of the fact that we have to buckle to this thing called COVID. I've not seen the fullness of the body of Christ knock it. Me included. I thought I was immune. Hallelujah. No COVID. Boom. Got it. Not now. Don't worry. Put my mask back on. <laughs> How do we live that way? You see, when we go to the missions field, we believe God for everything. Oh man, we trust that bullets will miss us. We trust that people won't see us. We trust that no sickness will come. We'll, we'll eat anything. Nothing will affect our tummies. We come back home. We just look at it. Ooh, tummy bug. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, this is a there. It's just too unsafe. But you go to the mission field and you trust God for everything. Got a headache. Oh, can't go to church today. Mm. But you go to somewhere where you trust God for everything. When we come back and we're in our normal life, we don't trust Him for anything. We trust God to show up in our finances when we go on trips. But can He not just provide for everyday life? Where's our mindset? Where's our, where's our faith base? Our faith should not be in the natural things. Because that can break. I don't care about that. It doesn't happen. So what? God's God. God's good. God shows up. God will do that. Every bit of what that is. It pushes through to what that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to just hold on to this mic. I might be going down right now. And there's just so much power in this building. There's so much faith in this place. There's so much people who've got heart for nations, heart for the world. The more you do that, I promise you, I promise you, my whole world shifted the moment I put my eyes off of my natural little church and us in Strand and put it on the nations and said, God, wherever you want to take this church, whatever you want to do, we do that. And God started blessing Strand and started blessing everything around us, blessing my life. The Lord, if you want to go, if I, want, if I need to go, you'll provide for it. Provision, provision, provision. Church is provided for. Money comes in. Things happen. 
Why? Because we put our eyes on what God wants, souls. What do we need to do with those souls? Bring them into the kingdom and teach them you're part of a greater thing, just like Paul did. In him we live and move and have our being. I'm not, I'm not worshiping God afar. He's not seated there. I'm worshiping in him. <laughs> Your whole worship's going to change. Your entire life's going to change, man. I know you're doing it already. Yeah, I know this place is a house of worship. This place is a house of the anointing of the prophetic and what this is apostolically going out. But I understand something about what I'm at like right now. Lord, I'm worshiping in you. I'm part of you. Everything of what you are, I'm drawn into that. There are moments when I'm feeling like I'm pushing into a spiritual realm that I've never seen, never experienced, never been at. You're going to be sitting in this room and you're going to be going to places and you're going to be praying for people and they didn't even know, they don't know your name. You show up in the street. You don't, you're just thinking you're having a vision. No wonder they went to the Old Testament prophets. They said, I can't go to the prophet king. We don't know what mountain he will be on. Then he's in a valley, then he's in a mountain. He just moves around. Like, don't send me, I'll be lost. Don't go, no, no, no. Why? Because we're moving in a realm that's so fast. Why would we want to care about about money when we can be in multiple nations in one moment. I'm not talking about weird, weird things. I'm talking about real spiritual things. Why is God doing that with you? Listen, God challenged me. He said, Sean, if you raise the dead, will you then go on Facebook Live and tell everybody? Or are you just going to enjoy that moment with me? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, this sounds good. I'll tell nobody. Let's go do it. I won't share. Testimonies are good. But I find a lot of the body start wearing it as, as like these pips on our shoulders. And I'm like, oh, did you see what I did? You know what God did for me? Looking down, oh, you, you're not at my level of faith. Come on. I know it's not this house. I'm talking about other people that live in other parts of Joburg. In Cape Town, Cape Town, <laughs> Cape Town, Cape Town. Do I have time for a few words for people quickly?